Well, all right this morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Lottie Dottie. Welcome this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. This is Pastors Lester and Sharon Hayes here this morning to greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We appreciate the fact that you chose to join us. Get up this morning at 6 a.m. on this Monday morning, March the 21st. Still a new day that the Lord has made. And we pray that you come this morning rejoicing in the Lord. And I say rejoice in the Lord always and bless and praise his holy name. This is how we enter in this morning with thanksgiving into his gates, coming his course with praise. It's all about him. And so we just pray this morning that you put your focus on him. Don't put your focus on me, on no one on this line. Don't put your focus on the line, but just put your focus on the fact that you're this morning getting ready to hear some revelation from the Lord and be a part of a, a creating a prayer culture that God has mandated. Amen. That we counter everything that we know of or made aware of that's going on, whether that be our individual health, whether that be the health and soul of the nation, whether that be the disturbance that's going on across the land, the darkness, the gross darkness on the people. We come to counter all these things because we know that there are weapons formed against us. But the Lord said they won't prosper over us. Amen. Because he lifts up a standard through us. He uses our voices to cry out. And he said, when you pray and cry out to me, I hear you just like I did Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 of the King James Bible. And I answer your prayers and I show you great and mighty things that thou, don't, thou know if not. You know, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think of him according to the power of God that worketh in us. What is it that's working in us? Well, we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. But we have the Holy Spirit who searches our infirmities and he prays through us and for us according to the will of God. And he also gives us utterances and things that we don't know. How we, we can't find words to express. And sometimes it's just groaning and moaning in the spirit. But we know as, as that happens within our inner man that this is the Holy Ghost interceding for us on the behalf of the will of God. Because he knows the mind of God. He knows the will of God. All we know is the mind of the flesh. Amen. But we thank God for prayer. This morning, effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous that availeth much. And we thought, thank God that men ought always to pray. We thank God that we are his people created by him. Amen. His people called by his name that we should humble ourselves every morning, every opportunity we get, every situation and circumstance and pray and turn from our wicked ways, which is not to pray, but complain, bicker and murmur. It's such a wicked way to be saved and know God and know he hears prayers and answer them and not pray. And believe that when we pray, amen, he said, look, when you pray, my God, he, it moves God to do things for us that we desire, amen, him to do that only he can do that's impossible with us, amen. And so if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that lack of prayer, amen, he said, I will hear from heaven for you and I will forgive your sins and heal your land. And our land definitely needs some healing. There is a sickness on the land right now. It's called gross darkness on the people right now and we know that God is still moving because there is nothing going on on this earth that God is not aware of he's not caught by surprise or thrown off by it. we know that he when he speaks a word everything would change when he turns some situation upside down amen his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven so we're praying this morning that God keep moving by his spirit that God just keep being God we don't tell him how to do it we just ask him to do it on the behalf of all those that are struggling and going through right now especially in Ukraine right now especially in the hearts and minds of all those people who are ready to throw in the towel and give up 
But we bind that quitting spirit. He said, why quit? Why quit ye? You know, you have the victory. My God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we, we pray this morning with respect to the innocent lives that have been lost, the souls that have been, been sacrificed, Lord God, that they may continue to be strong in, in their resolve and in their purpose and in their fight and in their mission, that they may be recognized and respected as a sovereign nation like anyone else, Lord God, because you, the sovereign God and creator, gave them inalienable right, God, the pursuit of happiness, liberty, and life like anyone else, God. And so, Father, we're praying in the name of Jesus that men and women not lose sight, Lord God, of the fact that there is a God that we're going to have to answer to. And vengeance belongs to him. And even now, God, you can avenge those Ukrainians, God. Thank you for the courage and the leadership that's on display for the whole world to see, Lord God. There is no turning back. There is no giving up, Lord God. They're fighting till they finish, oh, Lord God. And so, Father, we pray that you continue. Lord God, to even up the score. Make it a fair fight, Lord God. And we give you praise, glory and honor. Stop the bombing, oh Lord God. Stop, Lord God. Hallelujah. The anger, the move of, of anger in the heart, Lord God. You said in the last days that we would see folks' hearts waxing colder and colder, Lord God. Being lovers of themselves instead of lovers of life, Lord God. And being selfish and self-willed, oh God. But Father, we pray that your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. We give you all the praise, glory and honor. Your will be done over in Ukraine and in Russia and all of the surrounding supported nations such as Poland, Germany, or Europe, Lord God, United States of America, all the NATO allies, God, that's right now helping the churches that's rallying there that have sent out missionaries, God, going there to help, Lord God, and assist on the ground. We give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord God, for all of that love, all of that support, Lord God, all of that action is being taken, that corresponding behavior, Lord God, as we stand in the gap and pray, Lord God, for them, for that relief, Lord God, for that deliverance, oh God, for an end to that war and peace to prevail, Lord God, as we make our appeal and petition to the Prince of Peace this morning, God, the government, God, bring it back on your shoulders, oh God, right now it's in the hands of tyrants, oh God, yes, Lord God, dictators, oh Lord God, mm -mm -mm. cold-hearted, mean-spirited people, Lord God, who sit in the high seats, oh Lord, oligarchs, Lord God, people, Lord God, hallelujah, are blinded by the God of this world, that filthy look of money, Lord God, and they'll do anything, God, hallelujah, Lord God, to have power and to be in and power and control, Lord God, so we bind that spirit of annihilism this morning, God, we give you that spirit of nihilism, we give you praise, glory, and honor this morning for deliverance, oh God, for healing, oh God, this morning in that land, oh God, in Jesus' name, and we thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for our brothers and sisters who have gathered this morning on the creating of prayer culture for God to hear what thus say the Lord, Lord God, that we may be able to be better prepared and better equipped as we this morning strive to prove and demonstrate our love to you, God, based on what's written in the word. We thank you for every test that you have set before us. We thank you that there is no temptation that's not common to man, but we know that with every temptation, you will make a way for us to escape out of it, that we might be able to bear it because you never put more on us than you know we're able to bear. So we give you praise going on this morning as we look to you to author, finish, and develop our faith. And we say, have your way this morning. Lead and guide and direct us this morning through this word. Our hearts, our brains this morning. Let them be conformed and conditioned, transformed by the renewing through the word of God this morning. And we give you all the praise going on. And we pray that prayer, protection, security, and safety for all of your children everywhere. Even the innocent, the poor, the homeless, the widows, the orphans out there, Lord God, right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank and praise you this morning for a transforming revelation this morning of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are the revelation. The word is you. You're, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you this morning, Lord God, and we pray, God, for restoration this morning where there need to be restoration. We pray and, and, and ask you to release it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Again, want to welcome you all this morning. 
to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. Thank all of you for yesterday. Amen. Beautiful day. Beautiful service yesterday. Amen. Just a wonderful time this yesterday learning some things about the Lord, starting with School of Healing, all the way down to praise and worship and into the ministry of the word. And we just thank the Lord. Amen. Celebrated some great achievements and accomplishment. Learned some things about the powerful angelic number of 21, number two, number one, and the combination of number two and number one becoming three. And so we thank God that how he uses symbols and, and metaphors and numbers and parables and different variations of signs and things that God uses, colors and everything that's available, even the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of man. God uses it all to confine the wise to fulfill his purpose because he owns everything anyway. You know, he gives us numbers. He gives us these these symbols and these metaphors and things that teach us, amen, how he views things, what his expected is from heaven. And it's all these things, a combination of these things, whether it be individually or a combination of put them all together, the sum of them, the sum total of them is number one, to bring a clearer revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the possibility of things that we can have through from the Father through him. Amen. And so we thank the Lord for every every word that's in the Bible written for our learning, or oh, that we may know these things, these mysteries, that they may be revealed. And one of the things I'm learning is that as I read a lot of scholarly work that has been done, theologians out there doing things, and a lot of it is motivated to try to disprove that he is who he say he is, when the word should be used to reveal who he is. And that's what revelations are. You know, it's not for us to use to try to deny Christ, but it's for us to use to learn about more about Christ and who he is and who he wants to be in our lives this morning. So we give God praise this morning for transformation of, of your mind this morning. We give God praise for a restoration of the word of God this morning. Amen. Being revived in the hearts and minds of people who have fallen away. We call them backsliders, but God's word says he's still married to the backslider. We know that there's lost souls out there. Amen. That wavering between two opinions. We're praying that today it will be resolved to one opinion as we reveal these revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because we're striving this year and we want others to strive and aim this year to be able to build them a future. Amen. Of optimal overall wellness, starting with their spiritual wellness and physical wellness. Amen. Emotional wellness. Amen. Financial wellness. Amen. Occupational wellness. Environmental wellness. And amen. Social wellness. God desired that we have a proper relationship with all. All of these things we just mentioned, but we got to go to the word to find out what it is that God desires, his perspective on all these things, because he's given them to us, everything that pertains to life and God, that we may enjoy it, but we cannot do it without the revelation of Jesus Christ, learning those things that are written about it. So this morning, as we come together this morning on the creating of prayer culture for God, Pastor and I like to welcome you all, amen, this morning. We just thank God this morning for another day that the Lord has made, another day of learning, amen. And so this is a continuation from where we left off at the last time we was on here on Thursday morning, amen. And we're still operating or learning or teaching under the subject of the proof that one really loves God, amen. And the test, you know, that we're dealing with, you know, it, it, is what proves it according to what is written in the word of God for our learning. We, we can come up with a lot of things. You know, we can we got these powerful minds. We can think of some things. We can put some things in other words. We can you know, we can do a lot of things to try to figure out what's going on. But I like to stop trying to figure it out and just go to the one who's already figured it out, you know, and earn, understand from his perspective what 
is going to happen in the beginning, what's going to happen, what has already happened in the beginning from the beginning, what's happening right now, just like it was in the beginning, and what's going to happen tomorrow, just like it was in the beginning. Amen. And the word of God is that that telescope that allows us to see forward. Amen. It's also that telescope that allows us to be able to see what happened back there. Amen. That has an effect on what's happening right now. You know, and so we're living in the now and we got to have faith in God's word for now with a perspective on how to get to the future that God has planned for us. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that I would have prospered being healthy even as your soul prosper. Why? It's because he said, I know my thoughts towards you. They're good. They're not evil. Amen. To give you a hope in the future, you know, that expected in. And so we have the word of God, amen, to help us to be able to do that, to enlighten us. And so we we stopped off uh, uh, last Thursday. We were in the book of First John, chapter three, verse 16. And we had dealt with part of precept A. We dealt with precept B. Amen. And precept A in this word, it started out by talking about hereby perceive we the love of God. Because so we we dealt with love, all the scripture reference concerning love and the love we dealt with was talking about a spiritual love that can only happen through Jesus Christ. That was God's demonstration of love toward us when we were yet sinners. It was sending his son Jesus Christ because he so loved the world that he gave him uh, his only begotten son. And then we dealt with the precept of being in scripture where it talked about how he laid down his life for us. Christ our Savior offering himself as a perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God. Amen. And you know, we dealt with some, some scriptures before we left off, but we're going to pick up this morning the last scripture we dealt with under the under the precept B by him laying his life down. It's amazing how we're coming up here in a month or so on the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Passover. He was that Passover lamb, spotless lamb who died for us, for us to have salvation, amen, through repentance of our sins. And in the book of 1 Peter, the last verse we went over the last week as, by way of review this morning, it says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 of the King James Bible, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, talking about our sins now, that just the just for the unjust. So he didn't do this just for black people, white people, brown people, red people, green people, whoever, Ukrainians, Russians, you know, Germany, Russians, whoever, Japanese, China, Chinamen. No, he did this right here for everybody, the just and the unjust. That's why the message of salvation is a universal message. It's one size fits everybody. Don't care who you are. We can't write nobody off because we ain't died for nobody. We can't save nobody. We can't send nobody to hell. We can't send nobody to heaven. At best, we can do a little bit of preparation, and it should start with us preparing ourselves, getting ourselves ready. Because he could suddenly come, and we can be unprepared, you know. But we choose to be occupying until he comes, building ourselves up in our most holy faith every day, praying in the Holy Ghost, studying his word, reading his word, hearing his word, meditating on his word, memorizing his word. Why? That we might have it readily available because these trials and tribulations are going to come on all of us. All of us are going to be affected. You know, but greater than that, we're trying to learn how to how to have dominion over sin that robbed us of so much of what God is doing or have done or want to do. And then we have to be made alive to the word because there's there's a spirit out there called spiritual death. There's a lot of spiritually dead people out there that needs to be resurrected. We once were there, too. And God came and rested and, 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 you know, and, and restored us and rescued us. And revived us. And now here we are, amen. We understand we've been made alive by him. 
You know, his blood washed away our sins and cleansed us of all our unrighteousness. You know, and even today when we fall short, we can ask him to forgive us and he's faithful and just. And we want that to extend. See, that's the love of God, that it extends to the ones who he died for the just as well as the unjust. Amen. Not just for us. And it says that he might bring us to God. That was the reconciliation. You know, Christ was that reconciler. He reconciled us back to the Father through his death, through his shed blood. And the good news is that blood is still yet making an atonement for us. We need that blood to continue to cover us. It never loses its power. It's the life of the flesh, according to the book of Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. That blood just keeps on making an atonement, you know. You know, it's still washing away sins. It's still cleansing of unrighteousness if we just learn to ask. But you can't ask somebody unless you know them and know what they're capable of doing and know what they promised they would do. He says, if you don't, you're asking a miss. It's like you're just saying stuff. You know, you don't really believe it. You don't really know it to be true. You're not establishing it. You're not rooted in it. You're not confident in it. You're not really sure. But you see everybody else doing it. So you just go through the motion. We call that, the scripture called that a form of God, but we deny the power thereof. And there is power in the blood that washes away our sins. Nothing can make us whole again but the blood of Jesus. And it's not just us. He said the just as well as the unjust. You know, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. So he was fully man when he died. He had took on all the sins of the world as a man, spotless, sinless. You know, the father approved of him just like he wanted to prove of us. But Jesus passed his test. He finished his work. Now we got to do the same by working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We cannot do it without him, his help. His intervention, his spirit, his word, his counsel, you know, his help. And it says, but quickened by the spirit. So there's a key right there. That's that's capital S right there. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit, the promise that God gave to us to help us. The paracletos, we say, who comes alongside of us to help us. He's the spirit of truth, teaches us all things that we don't know. We don't have to struggle. And then he brings those things back to our remembrance that we learned that was written for our learning that Jesus taught while he was here on the earth. And then Jesus left and sent him. To keep us reminded or to keep teaching us so that we can keep learning. And all we have to do is be teachable. Humble ourselves under the hand of God as we learn. Be content no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Learn therewith to be content. Learn how to abase and how to abound. How to be full and how to be hungry and empty at the same time. You know, because God is not, he going to give us what we need. He's the one anyway that begun the good work in us. He's going to continue to perform it as long as we keep yielding and submitting and humbling ourselves before him. And in due time, he will exalt us if we do that. We don't have to try to make nothing happen, prove nothing. It ain't no power in the titles that we wear. It's all in the word of God because the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, the King James Bible, the word of God is powerful. It's quick. It's sharp than any two-edged sword. It penetrates between the dividing of soul, spirit, bone, and marrow. It's a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. And when his word goes out, it does not come back void, according to the prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11 of the King James Bible. So we see right here, amen, that we have a Savior who already offered himself. So the price has been paid in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 30, when Jesus was on that cross and he saw that, hey, enough of suffering have been done. And so he gave up the ghost. He said, it is finished, though. Father, what you sent me to do, the price for their salvation has been paid. It's finished. And he gave up the ghost. And so we look in the book of Revelation, and we like to go to Revelation sometime because we know the beginning is the same in the end. He's Alpha and Omega. So let's kind of see here, man, what we already learned in the beginning, what we know now to be true. But let's look a little bit forward and see how it's going to turn out. It says here, 
and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. He came to witness his father's you know, kingdom to the people who did not know, thought they knew. And it says, and the first begotten of the dead. The first begotten of the dead. God raised Jesus up when he laid his life down for the sins of the nation, for the world. Not just the nation, all nations. Begotten of the Father. That's why he said he is the only begotten of the Father. So he's the only begotten of the dead because he did die, y'all. He was in that grave three days, just like he predicted. And the Jews tell me they wanted a sign. He said, well, take a look at what happened with Jonah. He was three days in the, in the, in the, belly, in the, in the, in the belly of the whale. That's your sign. You are very familiar with that. But I'm the only begotten of the Father. And I'm only going to, you, you, you destroy this temple, I'll raise it back up in three days. And he did. He was crucified, but then he was glorified three days later. And he's still glorified now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And it says, begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. <laughs> you know, nobody like Jesus. You know, when you start looking at other great people out there, man, don't, don't, don't. Jesus is the first to do things that they never would imagine they could do. That's why he's a preeminent one. He's a, he's a Christ, the supreme. No one, no one rises to the level of his sacrifice. That's why he's the prince of peace. That's why he's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father. That's why the government shall be upon his shoulder and of that government. It'll only continue to grow and expand. There'll be no end of it. Even after this life is over, he's going to come and establish a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, a new earth for a new people born again. You know. And so he says it right there, man, you know, kings of the earth, you know, he's higher than presidents. He's higher than emperors and all these oligarchs and all these people, man, who, who, who think that they got, you know, some, you know, some, some, some ups on Jesus because they got a little money. But the Bible said the earth is God, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell there, and he owns everything. The heart of the king is in his hand. The princes of this world, they all going to have to buy every knee, going to have to buy before him and declare before it's over. That he's king of kings and lord of lords to the glory of God our Father. And so he says it right there. Don't put nobody above him. Make no graven images into him. You know, unto him that loved us, do all the praise and worship and, and service unto him. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. You know, he didn't need nobody else's blood because it was contaminated with, 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 with human DNA. But see, his blood was conceived of the Holy Ghost. It had no human nothing in it, you know. It was pure blood, you know. No contaminant, nothing in it that, that, was up, that was of man. It all came from God, you know. And that's why it can wash away sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness and make us whole again. And so that's in the book of Revelation. So we see right there now that that blood in the beginning is that same blood now, and it's the same blood in the end. It doesn't change. It doesn't lose its power. I love that. The Bible says that that blood is still yet making an atonement for us. You know. And then he goes on to say in the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 16, the King James Bible, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Man, powerful statement. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Now what he's saying to you is this. We have learned through Paul how to die daily. How to put ourselves under every day. So that Christ might be above every day, you know, and it's hard for people to do because a lot of time we feel so good. We feel so pumped up and so motivated. Sometimes we're pushing ourselves and what we're doing more than we are what he's already did and what he's doing and what he promised to do. 
And that's a, that 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 right there requires a lot of restraint, you know. And it's easy sometimes to make the shift naturally. We start out talking about him, and the next thing you know, I'm talking about all this stuff I done did. You know, it's just it's just a common error that we make sometimes because we 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 we, we see God in our lives and want everybody to know, you know, that 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 is the Christ is not I. Why not just say that sometimes and keep saying that until people get it? That's what Paul did. Paul talked about himself for a long time, but then Paul said, no, I got to humble myself. I don't have an encounter with Jesus. And if you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes your life. It conforms you to the things of God. It transforms you to the renewing of your mind. So your mind is no longer on you, but your mind is stayed on him, as we say. And we kept in perfect peace because we got the Prince of Peace on our mind. You know, Jesus Christ, as, as we read in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse 3, the King James Bible. Those are not just scriptures that Isaiah prophesied. That, re that requires something of us to keep our mind stayed on him. Not my accomplishments, not my successes. They, ain't, they, they still fit the rags in the presence of what he did on that cross. And see, we have to remind ourselves that we're being tested by God to prove our love to him. Not by what's happened, the blessings that I'm receiving, but by what's written for our learning that we may know these things. You know, and the more we learn, the more is required of us. The more is required of us. When Jesus was on this earth, Pastor Sharon, he constantly talked to the people about his father. And when people brought up stuff about him, he said, Peter, who do men say that I am? He didn't want to hear about Peter's fishing and Peter's drama and all that stuff Peter was involved in. He already knew Peter's thoughts. He already prayed for Peter because he knew Satan was trying to sift him as wheat. But he was looking at Peter's future, what he was going to become and be and do versus what he was doing. Peter couldn't see that far into the future. We can't either. All we know that we have a future only in Christ Jesus. And we should be living our life today in light of that reality. Not the little things I'm doing right now. He said, That's just, that little stuff is as filthy rags because you ain't dying for nobody. You can't even die to your own feelings. You can't even die to your own successes. You can't even count suffering as joy. That his strength might be made perfect. And I say you, I'm including myself. I'm talking about us. We can't do it. But we'll say in a minute, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Mm. We don't really know what we're saying. We know it's God's word, but do we really, really get the revelation of what we're saying when we say that? Without God, we can't do nothing. But through Christ, we can do all things. Don't ever, don't ever forget that now because he's working those things to us. He's working those, those, those things. He's putting those gifts in there. Not for us alone, but that the body of Christ, if we in a body of Christ, may be edified. And if we are in leadership and have any type of titles out there, you know, they're not for us. They're so that the people that hear what thus says the Lord through us can be edified, matured, built up, perfected for the work of ministry. Not, not, not for my work now, not my ministry, not to serve me, but to serve him as we serve him, you know. And if we're servants, the people who receive what does say the Lord through us, 
that will be that will be the fruit that's produced in them. If they don't see us serving, people gonna want to be like us because they see us got people serving us. They see us with nineteen armor bells. They see us with with people opening the car door, toting this and carrying that, getting me orange juice and water and all that. And they think that's what ministry is about because that's what they're seeing. And who wouldn't want to be a part of that? That's what makes people flock to the church. We put on this great big entertainment, you know, for people. And people see that and they want that. They desire that because they think that that's, that's in essence, what ministry is. Luxurious lifestyle, you know, new cars, planes, jets. What good does it do a man to profit the whole world like that and lose their soul? What good does it do to serve you know, those types of God. And I'm not saying, you know, that God don't want you to have nice things, but he don't want you to gain it in an ungodly way. He don't want you to manipulate the scriptures, you know, to become rich and famous. It's not what it's about. He wants you to use the scriptures, learn them and apply them, practical application of them, so that the people can be edified and built up for the work of ministry. Every generation have got to have some sons and daughters that stand on the word of God or or, or the seedbed will dry up. And we'll lose generation after generation. Count on what you're seeing right now. But he said in this generation, a lot of things are going to happen and they're happening right now that are being revealed by God in this generation. And not all of them looked at with the natural eye, Pastor Sherman. It's pleasing and pleasant for the eye. But the scripture have already enlightened us and told us in the book of Matthew chapter 24, book of Mark chapter 13, book of Luke chapter 21, book of Daniel, Revelation, have already revealed to us what's going to happen so that we might prepare ourselves so that when we see these things, we will, we will anchor down and stand fast and wait on God, you know, because we run to the name of the Lord for our protection. That's our bunker. That's our hiding place, you know. They who dwell in the secret place of the Most High, Book of Psalm chapter 91, you know, shall abide under the, you know, shadows of the Almighty. And we will say of the Lord, not of myself, but of the Lord, that he's my refuge and my fortune. In him will I put my trust, my confidence. All of the gods got to bow before him. So I might as well go ahead on and bow before him now so that when it comes time to really bow before him in his presence, I don't have no problem. I don't say, well, who is that? Bible said we'll be just like him and we'll see him the way he really is if we endure to the end. And so it's pretty much, you know, um, we got to perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You know, we ought to set aside my successes right now and continue to talk about like he told Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, give them something to eat, Peter. And what, what you just told me, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Mm. You know, Dodge Toyota didn't reveal that to you. Mm. You, know, mm. Mm. you know, Nissan didn't, didn't, GMC, or High Country, none of those things revealed that to you, but my father. You know, and so, amen. And thank God for the, the, the things that he added to us. But it came for us because we saw first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Which came to Jesus. Nobody could make us. My job couldn't make me right to pressure. My military career couldn't make me. Don't get me wrong now. I thank God because I got to live. Got to provide for my family. That's right. But see, nothing rises to the level of the wealth we have in Christ Jesus. The knowledge. If you know one scripture, you're, you're one of the richest people on this earth. Mm -hmm. If you know one word out of a scripture, one precept, you're still the richest person on this earth. 
you still got treasure in your earthly vessel that cannot be eaten by moth and rust, cannot be stolen, broken in, and stolen by thieves. Why? It's in your heart, hidden there, that you don't sin against God. Because that's the problem out there right now. People are sinning, but they don't realize they're sinning against God when they sin. And they're spiritually dead. And unless someone comes along and pulls an Ezekiel moment on them and prophesies to them dead, them dry bones, they will not be able to live. And so let's go a little further here and look at, uh, we're going to pick up in uh, C. We're going to go with C. We just covered A, love, spiritual love that comes from G through Jesus Christ. And then we looked at Christ, our Savior, who offered himself a sacrifice who suffered for us. Now I want to take part C of that scripture that talks about, uh, you got uh, part C. It talks about we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So now we see love is the proof, amen, that a person understands the love of Christ. Why? As, that, as, as part C here, precept C talks about, here is the proof right here, you know. B says, now lay down his life for us. Now let's see what it says about us laying our life down. C says, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And so there's love right there. Now that's, we say we imitate Christ. Now there it is right there. I mean it when I tell people, you can't kill a dead man because I've already died to being offended, you know, even though sometimes you, I get pushed to the limit, I get stretched, but I thank God because I'm, I, I have some stretchability now. I can go a little further than I used to go. I can be a little bit more restrained now. I can, I can, I can hold my emotions in a little bit better now. I'm not perfect, but I'm, but I'm maturing in that area, and I'm beginning to discover, as we learned in the School of Healing, I have some willpower. You know, I have some self-control. It didn't come by, by me. It came by means of God gave me what I needed. That's what he does. He supplies what we need. And sometimes, Pastor Jeff, we don't realize it until we're in that situation. That's right. And we realize, I got some help here. You know, because I used to just flip it and go off, man. And felt I was justified and had a right because you offended me. You know. And so now I have to understand, God is watching. He requires certain things of me. So I got to learn to keep humble, stay humble, swallow some of that pride sometimes, you know, eat, eat that stuff, man. Mm -mm, nope, nope, cast it down. It's trying to exalt itself. It's trying to make you feel shame for the rest of the day because you went off. Mm. All those are tricks of the enemy, y'all. You got to remember, we being tested. I'm being tested. You know, I'm being watched not by people alone. See, a lot of times we, 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 we're more concerned about what people think, but God is watching too. My integrity got to get by him. Who I am got to minister and witness to him first. He got to approve. It's got to be accepted of God so he can, you know, cause people to be approved of me. You know, the Bible said in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 16 to 18, it says, hey, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. It's not what it appears physically more than it is what it appears to be in here spiritually. And he said, if you ain't to please God and righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You'll be accepted of God and approved of men, you know. So that's the key right there, what we're doing spiritually. This is a spiritual battle. And we got to win spiritually based on the fact that he's already won. And that requires application, daily application, you know. And he goes on to say here, we're debtors to this now. You know, this he, we see after what he did allows us to be able to do. Now, now B is what he did, you know. Lay down his life for us. Now, C is what we ought to do. Lay down our lives for the brethren. This is love. This proves that a person understands the love of Jesus Christ. Mm 
That is in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You know. And see, if you got love, that means you died to hate. If you got peace, that means you ain't pleased with war. You know, it bothers you. You pray about it. You want it to end. Even the rumors of it, the thought of it, the possibility of it. And right now, there's a lot of people don't know what to do with this war because, see, they don't have that relationship. They don't have that foundation. So all they can do, Pastor Sharon, is send more weapons, more weapons, more food. And that's good if that's all you can do. But there's another level to this thing. And that's where the saints come in at. Because we employ the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is how we prove to God that we love him because we're doing this to help our brothers out there, our sisters out there. Even Mr. Putin is on that list. We want God to save his soul. Got time. So debtors, let's, let's, let's look at this, this portion right here. See, it says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Now, that's in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 14, the King James Bible, right here in the Bible. This is Paul. Now, you know, Paul is writing this letter. He gave this letter to Phoebe. She took it to the Roman church. Because Remember now, Paul persecuted people. So now Paul is sending a letter after he had been saved by Jesus Christ. Now he's proven to God that he loved God and that, yes, he's no longer kicking against the prick. It's like he's trying to redeem all of that abuse that he inflicted on people. This is why I keep praying for God to save the soul of Mr. Putin. Because if he can do it for Paul who persecuted at the, at the direction of Caesar and felt he was justified. This man right now quoting scriptures like he justified in killing those people. But, but I'm imagining that if God saved him, he might give everything that he done ripped off and stole from the people back to the people. It's a possibility it can happen if God saved him. You know, same type of spirit that, that Paul was bound by, thinking he was right by what he was doing persecuting them people. Watching them being persecuted, watching them being put to death. This man sitting up there in his office, man, watching in his high seat. But he's got a soul, and I pray God save it. You know, things might happen before it gets saved, but to God be the glory. You know, but we adeptus. We gotta look at us now. We adeptus. Okay, Paul said both to the Greeks, both to Putin and to Zelensky, whoever, you know, and to the barbarians. And this is barbaric behavior right now. And a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon supporting him. They they're they're trying to justify what he's doing. Even some Americans, you know, both to the wise and to the unwise. You know. Some people are wise about it. Some people are unwise about it. But remember now, that's, that's, that's what God said. I'll take the, that wisdom and confine the wise. Make some people wise. With that wisdom, God going to turn that around, that, that rationale that these people getting out there saying all these things. God is using Putin. God is using, you know, this one. God is using Trump. God is you, you know. You know, God is using Biden. He's using America. He's using the NATO. He's, he's using all these people. And, 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 and like I said yesterday, there's historical precedent that he did it before when his people was kind of like going up, nanny going south. When they was rebelling against him and, 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 you know, refusing to humble themselves and obey and hearken to the voice of the Lord and do all that he commanded them. Since everything belonged to God anyway, why can't God use these things to turn our hearts back to him? I'm not going to say that he's not. I'm not going to say that he is. I'm just going to say 
like we always pray. He said, pray that my will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's my prayer. That's, that's, our, that's my resolve. You know, that's ours. Father, your will be done in our lives here on earth. Your life be done in the your will be done in the life of the Greeks, the barbarians, you know, the Putinites, the Trumpites, the Bidenites, you know, the Americanites, the Russianites, you know. Remember all those people, those ites, you know, that, that Moab and Mo, the Moabites and, the, you know, the parasites and all those. Well, you got the same type of culture today. Some of it is barbaric. Some of it is evil. Some of it is hateful. All these undercurrents and cultures out there thinking they're right and justified. And the sad thing is they get on national TV, whether it's in their country or universe, and they'll say they're doing the will of God. Everybody can't be doing the will of God. Because the will of God brings people together. It doesn't divide people. It doesn't set one against the other. Why? It's because he died for the whole world. You can't lose sight of that message. Okay, let's move. We got a couple couple more here before we close. So we see in Romans here when Paul wrote the letter, this was a converted, changed man. He's proven now his love for God based on what's written in the scripture, what we should be doing. This is after Paul had been converted, Pastor. And this is after he'd been saved. So you see now this good work is counting. That work that Paul did prior to this, all it did was brought attention to himself. And the Lord said, oh, hold up, Paul. Why are you kicking against the prick? We don't want to bring the wrong kind of attention to ourselves. This is why we got to push him first. Got to promote what he's doing first, his kingdom. That's what Jesus came to do because people who were supposed to had killed off the prophets and lost sight of what they were supposed to be doing. Chosen people, God's chosen people was making idols and other systems of worship. They was turning the thing, man, into what they imagined in their minds. Not what God had revealed to them through the prophets that they killed. And he said in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 7, the King James Bible, except I reveal it to the prophets, which he did, major prophets, minor prophets, it's still being revealed today, still being fulfilled today. So we don't need no new revelations. We just need these revelations to be made known. The way it was, the way it is, and the way it's going to be. It's already been told from the beginning for our learning. Okay, one more scripture here. It's in the book of uh, Romans, chapter 15, verse 27, the King James Bible. We just, we just gave you the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 14, the King James Bible. And let's continue in Romans, this letter that Paul wrote. And it says, it hath pleased them verily, okay, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles had been made partakers of their spiritual things their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things now if you've been converted you should know a little bit about the difference in spiritual things and natural things natural things sometimes you know we give credit to man or to the system or to the world but whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual God should still get all the credit and all the glory. Why? Because we said when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he add those things to us. He add the natural things that he knows we have need of. He add, why? He knows what's best for us. But sometimes we go out there and get it ourselves and accumulate ourselves, and it starts to cause us problems that we wish we didn't get it, that we didn't have it. See, that, that's what covetousness will do to you. You want something because somebody else got it. You want something because you, 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 you got that lust in your eye for it. But it might not always be what God wants for you. Now, God wants nice things for you, but we have to go to him. We have to take everything to him. And he'll give you that unction. He'll give you that feeling because there are things that we need sometimes. We need a car to get that we're working. Or we, we got to do things. We need our own transportation. We need a house. You know, we need a roof over our head. 
These are, these are basic things that God has given us a right to have. But he don't want us to try to get it in an ungodly way, in the wrong way. You know, and he'll provide, you know, he'll provide. And so he's just telling us right here, Paul, is, you know, that when it comes down to me being in God, I got to treat the natural things and the spiritual things with the proper priority. Spiritual first and then natural. Most of the time we make natural, then we forget about spiritual or we might think of it on Easter or Sunday or whatever. We have our holidays that we only think like, you know, spiritual things on those days when it should be every day. There should be some recognition of the need for God every day, every moment, every second, every breath that I take, every move that I make. And he told him, he said, you have your holy days, but every day should be, I should be remembered. I should be thought of. Not certain days. And so we're going to end uh, right here with uh, in the book of First Corinthians, chapter four, verse seven, the King James Bible. Paul says this for who maketh thee to differ from another. If God didn't do it, you shouldn't. And what hast thou that thou didst not receive from God? Now, if thou didst receive it, why doest thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? We're so blessed. If you're breathing, you're blessed. You're moving right now, you're blessed. In your right mind, you're blessed. But we don't count these as blessings. We just take it for granted. And that's in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 of King James Bible. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. We realize we're adeptors to you. But we realize that Jesus paid a debt that we couldn't pay to put us in a position that we can now pay by serving you. By serving you and honoring you and serving others as you served us. Because you said that that's who's greatest in your kingdom, he who serves and Father, you, you, you said we're adeptus, even the barbarians are adeptus, the Greek, the just, the unjust. When they get saved, God, they become adeptus to you. And now, God, it's unknown to them the price that needs to be paid because they don't understand the price that was paid. And so you die for the whole world, the just as well as the unjust, the Greek, the barbarian, the unjust, the just. God, you die for the saved and unsaved. Now, Father, let us die daily. Let us pay the debt daily by, by, by living for you. Let our light shine. Loving and choosing to love as you loved us. Dying daily, putting ourselves under us, Lord God, knowing that you know what we have need of and you will supply it, not just for us, but for others as well. As you work your plan of salvation through us, Lord, who adept us to you. So we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor right now for the debt that was paid in full for our salvation. And Father, it was not only for us, but it was for all. And so, Father, we give you praise going on for it now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. We're going to go right into our comment time with Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Eric Pastor Peter. Pastor Sharon. We'll praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for the word this morning. Uh, 